الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فأما من طغى وآثر الحياة الدنيا فإن الجحيم هي المأوى وأما من خاف مقام ربه ونهى النفس عن الهوى فإن الجنة هي المأوى صدق الله العظيم Most respected Ulamai Kiram, brothers and elders, mothers and sisters. We are in that time of the year, the place that we live in, other parts of the world as well, where people tend to think that a person, whatever he has done throughout the year in terms of righteousness in terms of maintaining his honor, dignity of fulfilling his responsibility all the other things that go along with it the end of the year the December month comes and many a person feels that this is now time to take holiday from all these things holidays from all the responsibilities a person has holidays from the deen that a person has been practicing on somebody has been punctual with salah so it becomes time for holiday from salah as well becomes holiday from haya as well holiday from all the various things that a person was practicing whereas that is obviously not something that a mu'min has any link with a mu'min his life throughout the year, whichever day it may be, all the time he is a servant of Allah Ta'ala. Now, one is that a person has a certain pattern in life, he is punctual with his salah, he is conscious of deen, and he is continuing with that. So what happens suddenly? Why would a person abandon all these things suddenly? or become lax in it, the environment becomes so, uh, such an environment prevails all around, that a person becomes consumed in it. And the environment has such an effect, that a person forgets at that time, that what he has been constantly doing all his life, the entire year, what he has learned, what he has done, what he has been conscious of, everything a person forgets. So this is the aspect that we have constantly remind ourselves of, that we are the servants of Allah Ta'ala all the time, wherever it may be, whenever it may be. And this is something which Allah Ta'ala brings to us, to our attention in the Quran Sharif in various different ways. In this ayat of the Quran Sharif that we recited, Allah Ta'ala speaks about the two different pictures the one picture of those, the Mufassirin explained that these ayat were initially revealed with reference to two people from the Quraysh. But it is not restricted to the two people that it initially referred to. 
its meaning is general till the day of Qiyamah. The two people, one was Mus'ab bin Umair, the other was his brother, Amir bin Umair. Both were living in the lap of comfort and luxury, in a very wealthy family of that time. All the luxuries and comforts that could be available, they had it. The best garments they wore. So this was how they were growing up. Then came the diversion and the separation. Musab bin Umair radiallahu ta'ala he began coming into the company of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And eventually Allah ta'ala put the spark of Iman in his heart and he finally came into Iman. And when he came into Iman parents found out incident is well known to us the kind of difficulties then came upon him all the comforts he is deprived of all the luxuries that he was accustomed to for a long time he was growing up in the lap of luxury and comfort now he is being treated like a prisoner now he is being subjected to all kinds of ill treatment and persecution so here is a person who is growing up in this manner and now this is his present condition. On the other side is his brother Amir. He is rebuking Hazrat Mus'ab radiallahu anh, that what is your problem? What are you doing all this to yourself for? Here's the easy life. Here's all the comforts and luxuries. What you want to go and put yourself in this persecution for? Now these are the two, two pictures. One is the brother Amir and there is Mus'ab bin Umair This person is enjoying life. He is happy at the moment. He is having it very, very comfortable, very soft. And here is Mus'ab in a place where he is now being totally isolated from everybody. He is being persecuted, being tormented. Eventually with the permission of Nabi Wasallam, he made Hijrat to Madina Munawwara on the instruction of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and even before Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made Hijrat he had already migrated and he went and started teaching the people Deen then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came eventually the battle of Uhud came and the battle of Uhud in the midst of the battle he is right in the middle fighting for the sake of Allah wa ta'ala, and eventually becomes Shaheed and then the incident is well known when the time of his burial came. That youngster who had the best garments in Makkah Mukarramah, who wore the best clothes, nobody could match him. Though there was no brands that time, but for understanding the best brand. And here the time came for his burial and there isn't enough cloth to cover him entirely. If his head is covered, his feet are exposed. If his feet is ex- covered, his head is exposed. So Nabi Salaam says, cover his head and with the cloth and cover his feet with grass. Now this is how he lived the last part of his life with this qurbani, with this sacrifice, how he was persecuted and this is the shahadat Allah Ta'ala granted him. And on the other side was Amir taunting him 
passing comments against him. What's your problem? Why you want to do all this to yourself? And this is becoming a fanatic. And all the kinds of things that he might have said, we're putting it in our terminology. But what was the end result? He in the battle of Badr came on the side of the Quraysh and he was killed as a disbeliever. Allah Ta'ala revealed these ayat regarding these two people. Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَمَّا مَنْ تَغَى وَآثَرَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا فَإِنَّ الْجَحِيمَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَى That the one who became rebellious against Allah Ta'ala and وَآثَرَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا He gave preference to the worldly life. Now there was a lot of comfort, a lot of luxury, a lot of ease and enjoyment and pleasure in that condition of his but against the command of Allah Ta'ala. By rejecting Allah Ta'ala at that time, he was enjoying this. So he thought, well, this is an easy way out. Why must take pain on oneself? Enjoy the comforts, enjoy the luxuries. And what all these things we are being, warning, being warned about, that the day of judgment is going to come and you're going to have to account for your deeds. Yes, alunaka ayyana mursaha. They ask you when this qiyamah will come. Allah Ta'ala says, this person, what he did was, gave preference to the worldly life. I don't want all these sacrifices. I haven't come here to put myself into any musibat and difficulty. This is a time to enjoy. So like this time of the year, you get all kinds of comments, all kinds of things, people saying all kinds of, giving all kinds of encouragement. And if somebody wants to stay far away from wherever the, all the fitna is, he doesn't want to be part of all the happenings, he doesn't want to go to places where all the intermingling is taking place, all the fairs and bazaars and whatever else, and the beaches and the malls. So somebody will say, you're becoming a fanatic now too? Everybody's enjoying themselves? Everybody's having a good time? And you want to become like one hermit? And whatever else is, will be said. But now this is the time of choice. This is the time that a person now will have to decide which side he goes. So here was one person he gave preference to the worldly life. I want to have it soft. I'm not prepared to make any sacrifices and undertake any pain. So Allah Ta'ala says, His abode became Jahannam. He made the worst mistake in his life. But that mistake was irreparable. He went on kufr. There's no way that he can repair that now. فَإِنَّ الْجَحِيمَ هِيَ الْمَعْوَىٰ His abode became Jahannam. But وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَنْ نَفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ That the one who feared standing in front of his Rabb on the day of Qiyamat. This was in front of him. This person kept on asking, أَيَّانَ مُرْسَاهَا يَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ السَّاعَةِ أَيَّانَ مُرْسَاهَا The next ayat Allah Ta'ala speaks about. These people keep asking you, when this Qiyamat will come? You're talking about this Qiyamat. When will this Qiyamat come? But that was that lack of that Iman and faith and that rebellion that made a person even just mock the coming of Qiyamat also. But then he had to meet his fate. He had to meet his end result. And here this person already was considering that moment all the time. And when he carried on keeping that in mind, that I have to stand tomorrow in front of Allah Ta'ala and give an account of my deeds. So what, would, what he did thereafter, 
وَنَهَنْ نَفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى Allah Ta'ala doesn't say anywhere that such a person who decides that he wants to be pious, he wants to be righteous, he wants to be obedient to Allah Ta'ala, then he never had any thought of any evil in, ever came to him, he never had any wrong desire, he never had any kind of temptation that distracted him. Allah Ta'ala never says such a thing. And sometimes people say that, I, and they even say, make dua, that uh, I don't ever get these kind of desires ever coming. Make dua, Allah Ta'ala grant him sihad, afiyad, he's not well. Nevertheless, he says that this dua is asking for what? It's asking that the fuel of taqwa must be taken away from me. That the fuel of taqwa must become deprived of. Because taqwa is where a person suppresses the wrong desire. And that is what fuels that fire of taqwa. So now, Allah Ta'ala doesn't say that this person doesn't have any temptation that comes and bothers him. Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّي وَنَهَنْ نَفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى He then restrains his nafs from the desires that tempt him. And in that restraining, and in that suppressing of those desires, فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَى Jannat becomes his abode. Now in suppressing that desire, there's pain. There is pain. Nobody said that there's no pain in it. There is that stage where a person, after some time, the Ahlullah, come to that level where there is pleasure in suppressing that desire also. But for us, there'll be pain. That heart will break. But it is in that breaking of that heart that there's gain. In that pain is all the gain. That's a common statement we make, we hear also, that no pain, no gain. And this is the principle of the world, in everything of the world, even the worldly things. Person doesn't take any pain, there's no gain. Person has to go to work, there's so much of pain in it. Has to wake up in the morning, sometimes early, sometimes raining, sometimes cold. He has to do whatever it is and get to work. Then he has to stand the whole day there. Then he has to, sometimes it's hot and sometimes it's cold and sometimes somebody is giving him a hard time and sometimes somebody is uh, trying to rob him and whatever else. And all the kinds of problems that come along. So, so much of pain there is in it. If somebody says to him that, why are you undertaking all this pain? Sleep at home quietly. Enjoy yourself. He says, if you know what's good for you, keep quiet. Because he sees the gain in that pain. So this is the material world. For the material world also, there is no gain without pain. And a person wants the everlasting hereafter without pain. Therefore Allah Ta'ala's Jannat Nabi says, Allah inna sil'atallahil ghaliya. That the merchandise of Allah Ta'ala is not cheap, it's expensive. It's very valuable. Allah inna sil'atallahil jannah. The merchandise that Allah Ta'ala is selling to us is Jannat. So you go to buy it. So there is some pain involved. But pain brings tremendous gain. And the greater the pain sometimes, the greater the gain. Hazrat Imam Bukhari he compiled his compilation of hadith, Bukhari Sharif. Perhaps there's any Muslim on the earth who hasn't heard of Bukhari Sharif. Now there are many, many compilations of hadith. Plenty. And many authentic, very authentic. But the acceptance Imam Bukhari got 
and the acceptance that his kitab received that others didn't get to that extent so what was this Imam Bukhari it is recorded about him there are some 7,000 and more ahadith in the kitab each time that he recorded one hadith each time he first performed ghusl made ghusl then performed two rakats namaz and then recorded one hadith now imagine and in those times many of the times going to acquire those ahadiths while traveling etc a good amount of Bukhari Sharif was recorded also while traveling in journey and journeys of those times not sitting in business class and first class on a reclining chair and in comfort with you know, everything being served no on the camelback and horseback going through deserts and going through harsh climates and but that pain that he took look at the gain today that how many centuries have passed and this is the maqbuliyat this is the acceptance Allah Ta'ala has given to it so that pain came that gain came from the pain now in suppressing one's desires there's pain at this part of the year everybody is doing their own thing everybody is going everywhere everybody is doing anything and everything and now one person is deciding I'm not going to be part of it so you get somebody else giving those examples those encouragements also that you must have a balance in life you must have a balance in life but the balance that is being encouraged is what kind of balance that if you have pure milk you can't be having pure milk all the time you must balance it one two drops of urine you must put inside because you can't that's, that's the reality of what, what balance is being spoken about that now you want to do everything halal. One, two things that are haram is fine. You want to always do everything right. One, two things you do wrong is not a problem. You must keep a balance. That is the reality of what is being said. So that kind of balance is total imbalance. Yes, one is a balance is that a person now, he wants to start picking the hajjud the whole night. doesn't want to sleep at all. He doesn't want to have any rest. He doesn't want to do anything in terms of some halal relaxation, something to relax his mind, relax his body, but within the limits of shariat, fine, that is the balance. But to do some haram, to go to places where one's iman is going to be affected, to go to places where one's haya is going to be torn down, so that is balance, that is total imbalance. So there is a pain in suppressing that. There is a pain in hearing all the comments and ignoring it and they're still doing what is supposed to be done right but that pain brings tremendous gain and sometimes that pain somebody will take and thousands of others will benefit generations to come will benefit this one incident this very very ajib incident just on this note that's coming to mind about somebody takes the pain and thousands get the gain there was this one one kitab al-mustatar of this incident is mentioned one person he was a king Nu'man bin Munzir was his name he had an ajib uh, system they were like for example one week he would have as the week of happiness and one week was the week of the opposite anger 
Now anybody that came into his hand, meaning any enemy or any person by chance who's not part of his immediate people or his population, somebody by chance just came into his clutches, then there was no question but that person is going to be killed. No questions asked. And if somebody came in the week of happiness, then no matter what he did to you, free, carry on. One ajeeb system of his. One person by the name of Ta'i, he happened to be, because of the difficult times, poverty in his home. So he was hunting or something and he came and crossed into this person's territory. Trying to find some food for his family. And it so happened to his luck, we may call it or whatever, that this was the, day, the week of anger. And this person happened to be going with his entourage in the same direction. And they found this person had crossed the borders, so they captured him. And when they captured him, it was obvious that this person is now going to be killed. So he pleaded with him that, look, I have come only because I didn't realize I crossed into this territory, only because I was looking for some food for my family. And I have my little children there, and they are starving. But I know this is your system. And he said it in very poetic form. So poetry has its own effect. So he said, look, I know this is your system. I don't want to ask you to give me, to pardon me and exclude me from the system. I know you're not going to do that. But give me this much of respite, that this little food that I've gathered, I can go home, my family is starving right now, at least I can give them this much for now, then I will come back, then you can do what you want to do with me. Imagine a person, he knows his life is going to go, he's saying, let me go, I'll come back, then you can kill me. So who's going to take his word? But Now he said it in such a poetic manner, that this person for one moment said, okay, and he said, before the sun goes down, I'll be back. So he said, okay, fine, but I will not let you go without you giving us somebody as who will stand guarantee for you from my own people. And he'll stay with us. You don't come back, we'll kill him. So one of the ministers of this person was by the name of Sharik. So the Stai looked around and he saw the Sharik. And he perhaps knew him somehow. So he addressed him directly, again in very poetic manner. And he said it in such a way that it really tugged at the heart of this person. He said, if you want to save a family from dying, of starvation, and those little children from crying, and in various other things he said, then I'm giving you guarantee I'll come back before sun, the sun sets, and you won't have to undergo this. So that person immediately said, okay, fine, I stand guarantee for him. So they released that Thai, fine, you go. He went, this was towards the beginning of the day when all this happened. Half the day passed, the king is saying to this sharik that today your life is going because this person hasn't yet come. So he said, well, it's still only half the day. The agreement was that before sunset he'll come. So fine, go to wait. In any case, now the sun is about to set and there's no sign of Tai. So Nauman bin Munzir says to the Sharik that you rather now get ready for the gallows. So he said, very well. Then he looked, he said, in the distance I can see somebody coming. It's either the Tai or somebody else. If it is him, well and good. If somebody else, then fine. I stood guaranteed Then my life has to go. It has to go. I will go get ready for the gallows. They wait a while and as that 
Rider comes, this person is coming in a rush, and it is a stahi. So in any case he came, so now when he came and presented himself, and he says to Nu'man, as per my word, I am here now, the sun is about setting, but I am already here. Now you may do as you wish. So this fellow first dropped his head down. It's Nu'man bin Munzir, who was the king. After a while, he then raised his head, and he said, I have never seen anything like this in my life. I have never seen anything like this in my life. So first he asked this person, Nu'man bin Munzir, at this, this uh, Ta'i, what made you come back? You knew what was going to be the end result. And you went, you were free. You were in your own land. It was not easy or possible actually for us to come and capture you there. What made you come back? You see, what made me come back is that I gave my word. I gave my word. This was the word of a Muslim. I gave my word, how can I go against it? I do not want it ever to be mentioned ever that Tai went against his word. So therefore I came because I am not one who gives any deception. This is the amanat, amanat of the word. The person has said something. Many a times, Islah and Tazkiyah gets restricted to some kind of ibadat only. Ibadat obviously is fundamental in a mu'min's life. Especially the farz ibadat, there's no question of being farz ibadat. And to get to closer to Allah Ta'ala, a salik and a person who is traversing the path of tasawwuf, he can't do without nawafil as well. The famous hadith Qudsi, which we discussed many times, Allah Ta'ala says, that a person gets closest to Allah Ta'ala with the thing that is most beloved to him is those things that are farz. And then that person continuously keeps getting closer to Allah Ta'ala by means of the nawafil. Until Allah Ta'ala says, until he becomes my beloved. Allah Ta'ala is saying, he becomes my beloved. Subhanallah. So Salih can't even do without Nawafil too. And among the Nawafil, the greatest Nafil is Tahajjud. And we discuss the very easy Tahajjud. Very easy Tahajjud, which is the first step into Tahajjud actually. But it is the Tahajjud benefits will come at least with that too. That after Isha, before the Witr, two rakats with the niyat of Qiyamul Layl. Kullu ma sulliya ba'd al-Isha fahuwa min al-Layl. Whatever is performed after Isha is counted as Qiyamul Layl. So the real Tahajjud, the Biryani is after a person wakes up at Sari time, Tahajjud time, the last one third of the night. But this too is food. This too is, as Wazadwara says, that this too is Dal Chawal. Work will carry on, a person will survive still. We can't wake up for Biryani, don't starve out of Dal Chawal also. If a person can have the Biryani, must do that. But don't starve totally. Have something at least. So in any case, this Islam and Tasawwuf, a person who is in that path, he will obviously take the effort to perform Nawafil as well, to be punctual with his Askar, to be punctual with his Tilawat, to be fulfilling all the other things that are necessary. But Islam is not restricted to these things. 
Rather, islah and tazkiyah is inclusive of all the removal of all the evils of the heart and bringing in all the good qualities. So removing deception from a person's life, bringing the quality of fulfilling one's word. Also a fundamental part of this islah. He said, I came because I want to fulfill my word. I gave my word. How can I go against it? Then he asked the sharik that you stood guarantee for him and the situation was such that this person was free. He couldn't, he could have just escaped and you put your life in danger. So what made you stand guarantee? It was such a risky situation for you. You are just lucky that he came back. What made you give guarantee for him? He said, I didn't want it to be said that there was every person in this place was so mean and he was addressing me that I was so mean that I couldn't even have mercy on his dying children. Then generosity would have been buried that day. That when a person's children also now don't have something to eat and they're going to die of starvation. So if I had to even sacrifice my life for somebody else's children, it was worth the while. So when this Nu'man bin Munzir heard this, he said, as of today I am changing the system. As of today there is only going to be justice. No person will just be dealt with without any crime, be killed, etc. That if the two of you could be in this manner, that one person is so careful about the word he's given, the other person has this level of generosity that he's prepared to give his life also. And I don't want to be the meanest of the three. So for, as of today, I'm abolishing this anger week also. Now one person took the pain. And in this case, two people maybe were ready for the pain. But one person was ready to give his life. And the other person was ready to support it also. That pain that they were ready for, brought the gain for Allah knows best how many unlimited number of people who would have become the victims of this person's oppression. But one person takes the pain and so many people take the gain. In Suratul Kahf, Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala speaks about the journey Hazrat Musa salam, and Hazrat Khizr, the journey that they went through together. And at some point, when they came to one place, they were traveling, they had nothing, they asked the people to, and this is a right of a musafir, he's got nothing. He has no arrangements and he's got nothing, then the people have to entertain him to the need, to the extent of fulfilling his immediate need, his food, give him something to eat. Nobody was prepared to entertain them. Whereas that they were in a condition now where this was wajib on the people. Nobody was prepared to do anything. Any case now, they started leaving. As they started leaving, Musa sees one wall. Khizr sees one wall which is already beginning to fall. It's inclining quite a bit. As I say it was already making close to Ruku. Fear was it will make sajda. So he went and started repairing the wall. Musa salam objected. There's a lengthy incident. As they went along on the journey, they first took a lift on a boat. Khizr damaged that boat. Musa salam objected at that. Why are you damaging? These people gave us a lift for free. You're damaging it. 
He said, this was the first question. You asked, you agreed not to ask anything. He said, okay, mistake. Then they passed by one youngster. His Islam took hold of him and throttled him and killed him. Musa Islam objected that How can you kill this child? What, what wrong did this child do? The innocent child, nafsan zakiyatan. So Musa Islam reminded him that this is the second one. You agreed not to ask any questions. So he said, okay, if I ask you one more question, then you can dismiss me. As they walk along now, this, they come past this uh, town and the people refuse to entertain them. And now they see this wall collapsing. And Khizr Islam starts repairing it. Musa Islam objects to this that fine, you're repairing the wall, but you could have asked them to pay you for it because you're doing them a service. And these people have refused to be accommodating. They didn't entertain us to even just give us something to eat. So Khizr Islam said, this is the third one. Now you go your way, I will go my way. But before you go, let me tell you what was happening. That first time when I damaged that boat, then that boat belonged to two orphans. And at the bottom of the river was a tyrant king. He was waiting there. Any boat that he fancies, any boat that looks nice to him, he was usurping it. So I damaged this. So it wasn't looking too nice. It was damaged a bit. So when he sees something damaged, he doesn't want it. He lets it go. So that little damage saved it. That little damage was outward uh, loss. But in reality, it was save, it saved everything. And this is often the case, many a times, a person suffers some outward loss. But that outward loss becomes a means of safety from major calamities. So this is the lesson that he's been given here. And he says, this child... This child, فَخَشِيْنَا أَيُّرْهِقَهُمَا تُغْيَانًا وَكُفْرًا This child was the child of some pious parents, but he was to grow up, if he grew up, he would have become so rebellious that he would have taken them to kufr. So we therefore finish it off here, but this was by the order of Allah Ta'ala. This was directly by the order of Allah Ta'ala. So this is not any judgment anybody else can pass on somebody. This is direct by the command of Allah Ta'ala that this was done. And then this wall, This wall, this two belong this building where this wall was about collapsing, belonged to two yatims, two orphans. And beneath this wall, buried under it was a treasure which belonged to their father, which he had buried now because he realized his life is going. And the yatims, these little children are not going to be able to take care of it themselves. So he buried it under the wall. So that one day the wall will fall. Because it wasn't the kind of structures that were built to last centuries. So one day this wall is going to collapse and it will get exposed. By that time they will be big enough to take care of it. But now it already started collapsing. They are still too small to take care of it. So, that their father was a pious person. So the piety of the father, and according to some Mufassirin, the father here refers to 
the great grandfather seven generations up. The father here actually is referring to the great grandfather seven generations up. Many a times, person wants to do things for the children. Person is toiling and suffering who for the children. He's got enough for the great grandchildren already. But you ask him for who, he says for the children still. So everything we do for the children, we toil, we sweat, and we slog, and everything for the children. And then the person sometimes, Allah forbid, cuts corners, and then sometimes he cuts the corners in such a way that he cuts it in half. The commands of Allah are all chopped off. Why are you doing all this, all the wheeling and dealing for the children? And then he's sometimes going to court cases where the bulk of all that khazana is also already getting all spent up in that court case. What are you doing this all for? Is it for the children? Spending all the money also again for the children. But there is a different system also. One is this apparent system. Where a person adds 1 plus 1, it's equal to 2. That's the apparent system. But there is a hidden system of Allah Ta'ala also. And the hidden system of Allah Ta'ala, this is something which 1 plus 1 sometimes adds up to 1 million and 1. For example, in the hadith, Nabi Salaam says, مَنْ أَحَبَّ أَنْ يُبْسَطَ لَهُ فِي رِزْقِهِ وَيُنْسَأَ لَهُ فِي أَثَرِهِ فَلْيَسِلْ رَحِمًا كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ وَسَلَّمْ A person desires that he should have barakat in his life and barakat in his wealth. What he must do? Nabi Salaam says, let him maintain family ties, join family ties. Join ties with those who cut off ties with him, from him. Now that's the unseen system, that's the hidden system. One is the visible system, the apparent system, plus one adds up to two there. This is the hidden system, the unseen system of Allah Ta'ala. But this is the system that we don't take advantage of. We don't take advantage of this system. Whereas this is the guaranteed system. The apparent system, sometimes a person keeps trying to add one plus one, and he still keeps end up ending up with zero. He's doing whatever it is, whatever it takes. He's buying from here, he's selling there, he's doing, making all the effort. At the end of the day, Allah forbid, there's still a loss. There was a prophet, and before he reached home, the prophet got lost. There was a prophet, and some other thing came up, all the prophet got spent up in there. So this apparent system is there, we have to, we have to use it. Allah has made it for us to use. We have to engage in that apparent system. We have to use the means. But it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed to give any result. But the unseen system of Allah is guaranteed. Because that has come with the promise of Nabi Wasallam. That has come with the promise of Allah Himself. That's guaranteed. So we only use the means, the apparent system, and we forget about the unseen system, then we deprive ourselves. So here was also the unseen system. What was the unseen system in play? That a person's piety, and piety is what? That a person is saving himself from all sin. Now the time came for everybody to be merrymaking, to be doing anything and everything, not even concerned about the deen, not concerned about haya, not concerned about maintaining the values of deen. So now, to stay away from that is a pain. But that pain will bring gain for generations to come. This person's piety, Allah says, وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا فَأَرَادَ رَبُّكَ أَيَّبْ لُغَاءَ أَشُدَّهُمَا 
forefather their father was a very pious person now in that piety there was pain in that piety there was some pain to wake up early in the morning for fajr it takes a bit of a sacrifice to now leave the house and go in winter to the masjid take sacrifice to leave the business in the middle of the moment when the till is ringing it takes courage take sacrifice to stay away from all the haram entertainment there's a pain, everybody's going somewhere and you want to stay away. But that pain will bring gain to oneself and to generations to come. It'll bring gain to generations to come. So this is the picture that is being painted. There are these two pictures. Allah Ta'ala says that the one who fears standing in front of Allah Ta'ala and he restrains himself from the evil desires then Jannat is his abode. Allah Ta'ala will grant him Jannat. So this is the thing that we have to now keep in mind, especially in this time, that we don't get caught up in the things that are happening around us. Whatever will carry on, unfortunately, is not in our control and we don't have the ability to stop it, but we have the ability to stop ourselves. We have the ability to stay away ourselves, to advise our families, to advise those who are near and dear, to those who are close to us, whoever we can tell, whoever we can speak to in a nice way, in a proper manner, we will advise. More than that is not in our control, we'll make dua. But we can control ourselves. And this is the things that we have to reflect on at that time. On one side is Amir bin Umair, the other side is Mus'ab bin Umair, in whose footsteps we want to follow. Obviously Mus'ab bin Umair is the person who has shown us the light. He has shown us the direction. So may Allah wa ta'ala grant us a tawfiq of remaining steadfast especially in these kind of environments, these kind of situations and times that we don't get caught up in the fitna and fasad around us. We remain steadfast on deen. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alayhi. Allah 
مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے ساری بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 محمد رسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہم لکل حمد کلہ و لکل شکر کلہ اللہم لا نحسی ثنان علیک انت کما اثنیت علی نفسک جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمدا صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہلو ربنا غلمنا انفسنا و علم تخفل لنا و ترحمنا لنکونن من الخاسرین رب اخفر وارحم وعفو و تکرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وأحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما واجعلنا للمتقين إماما واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد إله العالمين يا الله بري جنهكار بري خطاكار بري مجرم اللہ العالمین ہمارے تمام گناہوں کو معاف فرما یا اللہ فگیف آل اور میجے ہن مائنہ سنز یا اللہ یا اللہ فگیف دی سنز آف دی نائٹ یا اللہ فگیف دی سنز آف دی دی یا اللہ یا اللہ وٹ وی ڈی ڈیلیبرٹلی فگیف ایت یا اللہ وٹ وی ڈی بے مستیک فگیف ایت یا اللہ اللہ العالمین پیوریفائی ایس ام آل دی سن یا اللہ یا اللہ کنورٹ اوہ سنز تو گوڈ دیز یا اللہ اللہ العالمین ایف یو فگیف ایس یا اللہ یا اللہ وی ویلی سیوڈ یا اللہ دیز نو بڑی تو کسٹین یو وائی فگیف انڈیزرونگ پیپل لائک اس یا اللہ اللہ العالمین آؤٹ آف یور گریس اور مرسی فگیف ایس یا اللہ یا اللہ فگیف آور فیملیز یا اللہ فگیف آور سسٹرز اور برادرز یا اللہ فگیف آور یا اللہ چلڈرن یا اللہ یا اللہ فگیف آور ریلیٹرز یا اللہ فگیف آور فرنز یا اللہ اللہ العالمین فگیف دی انٹائر امت آف رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اللہ العالمین یا اللہ تراؤت دی ورلڈ ویور دی مسلمز آر سفرنگ ریموو دی ہارچپس اور ڈیفیکلٹیز یا اللہ یا اللہ یا اللہ دوزو آب ادھاوٹ فوڈ گیف دیم فوڈ تو ایت یا اللہ دوزو آب ادھاوٹ پلوڈنگ گیف دیم کلوڈس تو ایت یا اللہ اللہ العالمین یا اللہ ریموو آل دی ڈیفکلٹیز ان ہارچپس یا اللہ یا اللہ وی اکنالیج اس آل از ریزلٹ آف آور مس دیز یا اللہ 
So all our sins that is, ya Allah, the effects of our sin that is coming down upon us, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, grant us the tawfiq of doing those a'mal that bring down your rahmat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from those things that bring down your wrath and azab, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the fitna and fasad, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, enable us to suppress all the evil desires, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah, enable us to, ya Allah, repel all the temptations, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah, keep us on sirat mustaqim ya Allah. Ya Allah, keep us on sirat mustaqim ya Allah. Ya Allah, you protect our iman, ya Allah. Protect our a'mal, ya Allah. Protect our akhlaq, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, protect the haya of the Muslims, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah, protect the lives and wealth of the Muslims, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah, you make it easy for every one of us, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah, keep us in your pleasure, ya Allah. Save us from your displeasure, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who have passed away, fill their qabrs with nur, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, make their complete maghfirat, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who are sick, give, sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ilahul Alamin, our Hazrat Wala, give shifai kamila, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, keep his shadow over us for a long time, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, enable us to receive the benefit from him, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah, you grant all those who are sick, give complete shifa, ya Allah. Grant them complete afiyat, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah, all those who are any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove the difficulties, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah, you keep us on iman, ya Allah. Take us with iman, ya Allah. Take us with tawbat and nasuh, ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us with the kalima, la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ilahul Alamin, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, ya Allah. Grant us a shafat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, ya Allah. Allahumma barik lana fil maut wa fima ba'd al maut. Allahumma barik lana fil maut wa fima ba'd al maut. Allahumma barik lana fil maut wa fima ba'd al maut. Ilahul Alamin, all the pious aspirations each one has in the hearts, ya Allah, you fulfill it, ya Allah. Ya Allah, fulfill each one's needs, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah, you save us from all the destruction and harm, ya Allah. Save us from every calamity, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from being tested, ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are too weak for tests, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you give us afiyat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us safety, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you protect us, ya Allah. Protect our families, ya Allah. Protect the entire ummah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم 